Make sure to subscribe to Ben on YouTube so you can stay up to date on everything humble. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's your boy Ben Humble here. We got an awesome, awesome, awesome day for you guys. Hope you guys are having a blessed day here today in Canada, enjoying the weather. I mean, here in the southern part of the country, we're doing amazing. So I've got a really, really cool story today. I'm going to be jumping in with my friend, my new friend here, Thatch Win, and we'll be connecting. And uh, he built he built an amazing company, helps a lot of people. And before we do that, I'll give a couple quick shout-outs to people in the comments. Thank you for being here on a consistent basis. Wendy and Talib and Olga and Bill and Alexander and all you guys that are here, thank you so much for being here. So let's jump right into this. I want to dive into this story a little bit. I want to get with it. Let's bring on my new friend, Thatch. Come on, man. Welcome to the show. Yo, 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 yo. I'm glad to be here, brother. Let's get it going. Come on, man. The dude's got some energy. Yeah, Thatch. I love it, dude. Dude, you inspire me, man. I watch you on social media and you're like, boom, 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 boom. You're like the Vietnamese version of me, dude. So I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to connect with you, man. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And I got my whole rig. So let me give you a formal slow applause there. Okay. <laughs> Brother, I want to jump into your story here. But before we do that, give us a quick rundown of where you're at today. You know, what does your life look like? Your business look like? Just give us a quick snapshot, if you would, please. Yeah, so I, I just turned 50 years old on May 18th, just recently. Yeah, man. And um, I live in Seattle, right? And uh, I'm happily married. I have a 14-year-old boy named Russell and a 12-and-a-half-year-old boy named Hudson. And uh, today, I am all about keeping myself balanced and aligned. So I have a uh, residential real estate business. I still sell real estate. Um, I've been doing this since, um, 1991. And mm -hmm. then I have another business that we buy houses, we rehab them, and then we keep most of them as bird property. Mm. And then I also have another business where I buy raw dirt and I built multi-unit townhouses and we sell some of those and we keep some of those. And then I also buy raw dirt and I built apartment building geared towards workforce housing and affordable housing. And we built all those to keep as rental property. And um, uh, I have uh, uh, one assistant and one social media slash, uh, you know, AKA Mr. Lorenz that does everything with me. And that's it, that's my whole entire staff. They only have one, two people on my whole entire staff. The rest of them are all uh, 1031 uh, um, employee. Mm. I love it, man. I love it. So, so you're, you're a guy, man, that's like me. You, you've come here, you've built it from scratch. Your shirt, your shirt says grind, but then it's scratched out. Just show us what's underneath the grind. Tell me about that, man. A line, brother. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so, uh, so the shirt basically represents stop grinding and get a line. And mm. grinding to me is that when you're doing something for the wrong reason, when you're doing something from force, when you're doing something that you're not inspired and you take an action, I call those action grinding hard action. But when you are aligned, when you're doing something you inspired about, do something for the right reason, you flow. So either you are being forceful or you're being powerful. And grind is force, align is power. Mm. Um, and, and I live a lifestyle that I don't really grind in life, I flow in life. And I only do things for the right reason, not for the hype, not for to look good, to prove to anybody. I'm doing what will make me feel good. And as long as it makes me feel good, I'm always in the alignment in life. Dude, I like that. That's a fresh perspective because doing things in relation to your alignment and your purpose is so much more fulfilling because you're truly building something. 
Yep. Not necessarily just building wealth, which happens as a byproduct of living in your purpose, but you're you're really investing in in other people. I love your story. I mean, I you know we briefly got to know each other here, but I, I love your story about building homes for people. You know, and I know you've been doing that in terms of like helping homeless people with part of your success. You've been investing back and you've won multiple awards for that. Talk to me about your purpose, man. Talk to me about the alignment as you see it. Because my audience really loves to hear the story, loves to hear the intention behind the activity. Yep. So it started with my own story. I mean, I came from Vietnam in 1970. Uh, I was born in 1970. Hmm. My family left Vietnam in 1975. I was about five years old. My dad, he worked for the U.S. military. Uh, in Vietnam during the war. And when the South, when the communists decided to take over South Vietnam, they asked my dad, you should go with us to the US. Otherwise you're going to be pretty much murdered, living, you know, stay in prison for the rest of your life. So my dad came home, picked everybody up and said, Hey, we're going to go to the United States. We're leaving. And uh, we went by trying to pick a lot of my aunt and, and uh, uncle, but no one was home. And uh, we left on the last airplane out of Vietnam in 75. Uh, landed in San Diego in California, lived in a homeless shelter there for a bit. Got shipped up to Seattle, Washington, lived in a homeless shelter there. My mom and dad and uh, my mom was pregnant. My sister, she's 29 at the time. My dad was 34. And I have four brothers. And uh, we stayed in a homeless shelter here. And then uh, when we was here in the shelter, a gentleman named Charles Zetler sponsored my family out of the homeless shelter, lived with him and his mom. They did a lot of great things for our dad. And my family, and then my dad got a job as a social worker close to Seattle, and um, he helped family basically uh, arriving out of out of you know out of the country, get them welfare, get them housing, and that's what he did all his life, social worker. And uh, so my purpose today is after I've gone through this whole journey, right, and everything I've done, I realize that my purpose in life is to inspire and empower billions of people to reach for their goals and dream and see that anything is possible through me sharing my own journey and my own goals and dream and see that if I can do it, they can do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's all a, a accumulation of what my dad did, what I gone through in life. And then now the awakening of, uh, and my dad passed away from cancer in 2007 when he gave me the baton. Now I am running with the baton to go make a difference in the world today. We came to Canada in 1991 with nothing but a will to thrive. They risked everything they had, left behind everyone they knew. The only way out of the country was illegal, and the risk was huge. I adopted the mindset that my parents had of faith and vision for my life. You see, they helped me understand that you get to decide what happens in this world. By the age of 30, I became a millionaire. I refused to accept scarcity, limiting beliefs, or someone else's excuses. So you want to know what the secret is? People ask me all the time, what's the secret? You want to know what it's going to take for you to succeed? Here's the truth. Oh man, Thatch, thank you and God bless you, man. That is such a powerful way to look at life. And I so deeply resonate with your way of thinking. You know, my family came over 
Same thing, we escaped Romania just before the communist revolution, and we were refugees in Austria. We were landed there for about a year before our family was reunited. The country fell, and we were blessed enough to land in Canada and start a brand new life. And actually, we are, um, I, I, yesterday, it was very, very uh, interesting timing because literally yesterday, I revealed to my father that I've, I've written a book here for him. And this will be coming out soon about the entire journey. So I'm, I so much resonate with you and in, in your whole thing. So let me ask you that. So being that you were a refugee, did you have a soft spot for people that are homeless? Because I do. And that's why I created a mortgage business. Where does that align with you, my friend? Because I know you've done a lot of work to help people provide housing. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, come, being a refugee coming over here and, you know, being in line at the food bank, collecting block cheese and cereal boxes, you know, to eat. And then my dad is a social worker that helped less fortunate family come to the United States. Mm. All that are just part of, you know, my inspiration. And uh, so when my dad was, when he passed away uh, from cancer, I, you know, that was a, a big awakening for me is what is my purpose with this thing called real estate? How did I end up in real estate, right? So I realized part of my gift to the world is, to uh, provide housing for less fortunate family. Mm, I love and that. I, and I rent them to them for that, you know, uh, below market value for a lot of them. Mm. Now you've been in this game now for a while, for 30 years plus, 30 right? 30 years, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And did you always wanna be in real estate since you came here or what, what pushed you towards your current vocation? Yeah, so when I graduated in high school in 88, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I followed my two older brother footsteps because they were in the aviation business. They um, flew airplane and one of them actually had a mechanic license to fix airplane and flew. And so I decided when I graduated from high school, I was gonna go to, go to college and fix airplane with my older brother. And when I graduated in 91, I wasn't inspired. That's what I call right there. I, I wasn't mm -hmm. inspired. So instead of going to work for an airline company, I just stayed back, worked at Safeway as a dairy manager, parking car at a Chinese restaurant and working at a body shop and then when I was working at a Chinese restaurant, my friend Linda, who was working there, she was the owner's daughter. She was taking a real estate license. She said, hey, man, you should do real estate. I think you got a good mouthpiece. And that was the beginning of, okay, I got my license just to sell real estate so I could actually make some money. And that was it. And I didn't understand much about real estate. I just wanted to make a lot of money selling real estate. Mm. And so you, you got into that piece and then you started building. Because I know now you have 150 plus properties. You know, I, I, I read that, you know, you've got that respect here. When, when did you start building your real estate uh, portfolio instead of just being an agent? Yes. So when I started real estate at the age of 21, I was the youngest agent ever in Washington state. Yeah, man. And, awesome. uh, yeah. And I was only selling like two or three homes in my first, second and third year, every year. Mm -hmm. And then I met a mentor that said, Hey man, if you really want to be successful. You got to really master selling real estate. And in 1994, I met this guy named Mike Ferry. He started teaching me how to go out there and sell real estate, how to find clients. And I used to door knock 100 doors a day, five days a week, five hours a day for 10 years straight. And that's how I found wow. listings to go and make money, right? Mm -hmm. So I was from 1994 when I met Mike Ferry to 1997, I was already making a million dollars selling real estate. Mm -hmm. And on that journey on 97, I met another mentor named Saul. And he said, you can make a lot of money selling real estate, but you just be rich and rich at trading your money for time, but you will never have the time, the freedom to go spend time with your kids, 
spend time with them at the baseball practice, baseball game, travel as long as you want to travel, work whenever you want to work, wherever you want to work. You can't do that if you're rich, not wealthy. And they say wealthy when you trade your money for time and you got to put yourself in a position later on, right? At what age do you want to have the option to work when you want to work? And Saul said to me, you got to take the money you make and buy real estate. Since you're in real estate, create passive income. So at the time when I met Saul, I was like 24, 25. And he said, look, get started. By the time you're 45, 50, you want to have the freedom to work because you want to work and travel and be with your kid baseball matches. And then we, we set out a goal. We had a goal at, at the time I was 40, 45 years old. I said, when we get to 40, 45, I want to get about 25 grand a month in passive income, mm -hmm. which is more money I was spending every month. Yeah. And that was my first benchmark to just reach 20, 25,000 a month to get out of the rat race. And, um, and then from 45 until 50, right. Then we just kept going and going and going until today. Mm, dude, that's amazing. So you said something really instrumental that I really like. This is, I'm going to chalk this up to the people who are super determined, whether immigrant or non-immigrant. Dude, you said you door knock a hundred houses a day. Five days a week, baby. Every single day. And the weather in Seattle, like, like Canada, rain, sun, and snow. Don't matter when you just out there knocking, right? Every day. And I still do it today. Okay. Help me understand that. Let's see what, try to go deep on that. A lot of, you know, cause I'm, I'm a mentor and we've got a mentorship company here in Canada. And you know, sometimes it's hard to explain to people, like if you really want it and if the pain is strong enough, yeah. you're going to go do whatever it takes. Like right. just like that single mother with three kids is going to go get a job, a second job, a third job. You just do the work. Most people struggle to door knock one, let alone a hundred. What's that driving force? Cause you're, I know you're a mentor as well in this space. What's that driving force? Do you think that 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 forces somebody to do it or not do it. I just one word hunger. Mm. You got to be hungry, man. The problem with most people, their that their stomach is considered their level of fullness is too low. Mm. It's just that. You know I mean, say that right? again, man. The level of fullness. What? Yeah. The level of their of their of their stomach, how full they are, is too low. Wow. So for me, right. I got a hundred grand a month in passive income, but I'm still out there door knocking and cold calling today. You are. So my stomach, in my opinion, is considered very high. It takes a, it takes a bit for me to actually get full. Hmm. But most people, you know, they're making, you know, 50 grand a year, even though they, they can't have the lifestyle they want. And they say they want to do more, but they don't do it. I just tell them, you got a full stomach. You got to figure out how to get hungry again. Hmm. I love it, man. I love it. Because it's such a deep drive, right? I think something to be said about figuring it all out out along the way. So many times people are afraid to take step number one, my brother, because step number two is so daunting and difficult. Well, what if somebody says no? What if somebody says yes? Then what do I do? Then yeah. what do I do? And there's so many different things. I think the most important thing I've recognized is that just take the action now. And if they say yes or no, then you have a new problem to resolve. The problem today isn't the yes and the no. The problem today for a lot of us is just the lack of motion. We're so focused on the outcomes and we're so focused on what happens with a b c d e f g we're afraid to take the action and the truth is it might be a whole different answer a whole different path that gets discovered because you're in the middle of work right my friend i'm so gonna say this though on that if you're a single mom with three kids you ain't you, you you can't be in your head too long you gotta go take action to go find that second job third job so because she's hungry she's clear on what she wants and she's hungry. And when you clear what you want, you're hungry. You ain't got time to be in your head. You got to get the fuck going. The problem, <laughs> most people, they ain't clear what they want. And they're definitely already complacent. 
Right. As much as they tell me, Thatch, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And I say to them, well, show me your action. Because obviously your action, you ain't hungry. Yeah. I tell people, you're hungry and you coach your boat, you're going to be successful. And that's pretty much it. If you know what you want, you're hungry, you're going to do what it takes. And unfortunately, most people ain't hungry enough. Mm. Dude, that's, that's poking at people, man. Because the truth is we don't want to hear those words, right? No. That's why when you said a single mom of three kids, when they got to get a second job, third job, she's going to do what it takes, bro. She's hungry. Mm-hmm. She ain't got time. She ain't got time to be in her head. So is that what your is that what your upbringing was like too, man? Because I mean, my 100%. family they worked two three jobs, my parents, and that was just out of necessity, not out of choice necessarily, right? right. At the beginning, was I was actually life? at the beginning I was making money for me, and then me and my wife, and then I was making money so I can help my mom and dad retired, right? I mean, they both were making forty fifty thousand dollars a year each one of them, and I was like. Y'all don't need to be working no more. So, you know what I mean? That, 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 that set of goals was so important to me that it raised my hunger so that I need to make extra hundred grand, extra grand a year before I even consider talking about being hung, you know, not hungry no more. And then from there, I had to, I had to take care of my family in Vietnam. My mom and dad didn't have money to take care of my aunt, my grandma. Guess who they go to when they need money? Me. So then I had another level. So I had to make a lot of money before I even get complacent, bro. Mm, I love that, man. I love that. You know, one of one of our friends in the comments is saying, uh, KH, he says, where do we get the money to buy 100 homes per day? See, maybe we can touch on this, man. Door knocking 100 houses a day doesn't necessarily mean you're buying 100 a day. Would you touch on this, my brother? Because I think, again, it comes back to step two before step one for a lot of people that get stuck on that question, right? Maybe give us some clarity in your mind, my brother. So for me, you guys, when I was younger, I started my real estate career as a real estate agent. So... I was out there doing like a hundred dollars a day to find sellers or buy who want to buy and sell real estate so I can make commission money with my commission money that I can go buy rental property. So you have to figure out what is your avenue to go make what I call earn income. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that earn income and buy properties. You can create passive income. So a lot of my, a lot of immigrants, like in, in the Vietnamese community, a lot of them own nail salon and they own Vietnamese sandwich shop. Those guys are killing it with those damn shops. They're making a lot of earned income. And guess what they do with their money? They buy a lot of real estate, right? So you got to figure out whatever you are doing to earn income, that's your way of making money. Now, if you're new in the game and you haven't invested much, I don't recommend you go out there trying to raise capital and go out there and buy rental property because you ain't got enough experience on investing and flipping and you don't have enough experience with contractor you haven't had the ass kicked yet you know what i mean to really have a good experience to go out there and raise people's money and put their money at jeopardy i recommend if you're new go out there and figure out how you can create some multiple different stream of earn income go do a few deals yourself get your ass kicked so you can have some experience then buy some rental property create some passive income get some experience later on you can add Raising capital of investors as part of your earned income to buy rental property. Mm, dude, dropping. Can I give you a bomb? Can I give you a bomb? Oh, baby, give it to me. Ooh. Not the communist bombs that we had. These are these are word bombs. We're just going to keep dropping these here. My, my team's looking at me. We're talking about communist bombs. There we go. We're going to drop it there. Dude, so a lot of folks, I mean, let's talk about that because a lot of people struggle to get in this business. But when they get started, like you didn't go from 100 properties in the first day. There's a progression. 
And the thing we always come back to is this law of compounding or the slight edge, right? These are great books, Compound Effect by Darren Hardy or the Slight Edge, fantastic books. It's the simple daily consistent action every day, piece by piece by piece, you know, that's going to eventually give you a positive result that stacks on each other every day. How do you evaluate that in life? Do you have daily consistent habits, my man? Or how do you go about your day in building this kind of thing? Every, every day, bro. So if I was coaching someone new, I would say to them, at what age do you want to have the option to work or not work? So let's say I was, let's say I was 25 at the time. Mm. And my mentor asked me that same question. I said, at the age of 45, I want to have the option to work or not work. And he said, great, that's 20 years from now. And then he said to me, right, if everything was free and clear, your house is free and clear, everything is free and clear, how much money do you want to have coming in every month passively to live comfortably? And I said, if everything's free and clear to live comfortably, if I had 25 grand a month, I'd be doing real well. Mm-hmm. And I figured out how much the average home was, right, which is 1,500, and I needed about probably 15 home accumulated and paid off by the time I'm 20, by the time I'm 45 years old. Okay. So now I have what I call an end goal in mind. So if I have an end goal in mind, so every activity that I was doing, I had to make sure I'm moving closer toward my end game. So if you don't have an end game, you're flipping houses with no purpose. You're flipping the flip to flip. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 20 years later, you look up and you've been flipping for the last 10 years, a thousand home. And you still ain't got no wealth. You still ain't got nothing to show for anything. You still got to work. So when I had a clear goal, I need to buy 15 property. I was selling real estate to make money so I can actually have money to buy 15 property and they're going to pay down. Then eventually I started adding wholesaling to my selling real estate. And everything I would do to earn income was going toward buying 15 home and getting paid down by the time I'm 45 years old. Or Dude, you're, you're knocking it right there. I, I love that, man, because you're giving so much clarity on this issue. Like, I think a lot of times, man, we fail to build, right? Yeah. We, we run around, we make money, but then tomorrow is a new day, tomorrow is a new day, and then you're going out to catch fish every day, but you're right. not building anything. So the okay. real question, which I love that you articulated, my man, is are you truly building towards an actual goal that you've got in place for yourself? So the reverse engineering of that goal, start with why, start with the end in mind. There's a book out there, start with why, grab it if you struggle with your why. But you need to figure out what you're going towards. If you don't actually know, here's what's going to happen. You'll do one deal, you get excited, then you get bored. You'll do a second deal, you get excited, then you get bored. You're doing deals, maybe you're not doing deals, you lose motivation. And then all of a sudden, you don't know if you're winning or losing. You need a scorecard. And for me, my brother, I want you to touch on this too. But for me, the scorecard has two elements. It has to have... It has to have a price. You got to know what you're driving towards and it has to have a time frame. Those two things. Like for me, when I, when I built my rental portfolio, I built it up. I was 23 years old. I bought these little properties. I started fixing and flipping them. I worked on them every day, all day. 2010, I didn't even see my wife because I was working on these things every day. But I got 13, 14, 15 houses. So I was able to work towards a scorecard of where I needed to get to. So do you agree with that, man? Like, I think the biggest thing is people just get lost in the minutia of deal making and growth, but there's no actual build Listen, that happens. I can't even tell you how many people I know that flip houses, 20 houses a year, 30 houses a year, 50 homes a year, 100 homes a year, okay? Mm. For years, and they own nothing because they don't have an end game in mind. They're mm. flipping to flip. 
That's like selling real estate to sell real estate. But where the hell are you going? Where are you going to be at by the time you're 45, you're flipping the flip? Nowhere. You're just running on a treadmill, standing still. And that the sad thing about it is we only have so much time in our life. So if you waste from 25 to 45, just flipping the flip and not own any rental property, you just wasted 20 years. By the time you get to 45, your runway got short now. What are you going to do from 45 to what, 65? You think you buy 15 property and get it paid off by the time you're 65? At that time, you're tired, you're old, you got a lot of, you, you might not be motivated that much anymore to get that many more property anymore. Now you're pretty much like, fuck it, I, I'm done. And all of a sudden now, you got to keep working. And that's the problem with everybody. When they're young, nobody tell them, get a clear end game in mind. Where are you going with this thing called wealth? And then, to me, flipping houses are earned income. Selling real estate is earned income. Wholesalers are earned income. Building new construction is earned income. Those are all earned income. If you don't have an end game, you just do an earned income to do earned income. And every morning you wake up at zero. But if you got an end game, everything you do with earned income, you take the money and you move towards your accumulation and getting your property paid off. Now you're doing something with purpose. Mm. And you got something to show for it. And you can actually retire it. Because that is mm. our, what I call, retirement plan in real estate. And if you don't have an income, end goal, you ain't got no retirement plan in the future, period. So you got to build that like a pyramid, man. You first got to get your base in there. Then you got to understand what you're doing. And then when you finally understand the game, you start, you start playing chess instead of checkers, which is a big deal for me. I think a lot of people are playing checkers every day. One move, next move, one move, next move. Go to work, save 20% down, buy a piece of real estate. I do that once every two years and I make 200 bucks a month in cash flow. And then again, and then again, and then again. That process takes a very long time to ever become wealthy when you use your job income after tax dollars. So I believe you need to play chess. When you understand the real game, because I have friends, you know, on 3,500 units at 35, 36 years old. How does somebody accumulate that? And it's not a one-on-one -on -one transaction. It's understanding that there's other opportunities, creating money. Because let's be honest, man, when you do a wholesale deal, it is active income, but you can create $10,000 or $20,000 of profit in a matter of an hour and a half conversation. The difference between five grand and 20 grand, a lot of times just comes down to your skill as a conversationalist and your ability to solve that problem. But you didn't go out and trade time for money necessarily in the old fashioned way of working on a job or on the line or in an office or whatever. So talk about the idea of leveraging your time and starting to create, if you could, create profit versus earning an income. By the way, if you guys are interested in real estate investing and you are in Canada, I wrote a book here called Real Estate Secrets Exposed. Learn how to actually make money virtually, which is cool, from the comfort of your home. Yes, it is possible if you understand the value and how to do wholesaling. And if you don't know anything about wholesaling, you need to grab this book. It's absolutely free. There's no page numbers. There's nothing else in there. It's just ready to go, though. Humble.ceo to grab your free copy. Absolutely. So for me, you guys... When I was making good money, remember, I, I used my real estate vehicle and I was making a million dollars a year. Mm. So that's a good leverage because I, that's my, what I call level one business. That's my earned income business. So I would just focus on killing that business. And I took that million dollar income every year and I would actually buy a fixer upper and I'll fix it and flip it because it might, it might not be the idea probably to keep that just another revenue stream to add to my commission-based real estate income. I found some deal that I didn't like. I wholesale those away and I added more money to my earned income. Until when I found the right type of property to buy, 
then I will use some of my money and I'll buy it and I'll park my money and I'll use that as part of my, one of my 15 properties I'm going to keep as rental. Mm. And so I was just finding multiple ways to just make money. And then when I found the good property today, when I find good, even today, when I find good property today, I buy those and I keep those. Mm. And then I accumulate so many doors and at a certain point I pay them off. So right now in the next 10 years, my going out is to pay off all my property in the next 10 years. Wow. And if I do that, then I have about 250 grand a month in passive income for the rest of my life. Powerful, man. I love that. You know where some people struggle with my brother here in Canada? Some folks are, you know, there's a five door maximum or 10 door maximum with some banks and stuff. People struggle to understand how do you get the money to buy 150 properties, yeah. you know? So I don't want to get too far on the strategy side, but is it, is it partners? Is it JVs? Is it your own capital with down payments? Capital. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have too many partners. Pretty much 90% of most of my properties owned by myself. I, had, I, I syndicated when I was younger. And uh, I, you know what? In a perfect world, if I, if I had my own money, of course I would take it on investor. I don't have to report to nobody. I just me, myself, and I. There right? you go. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. If you had zero, don't get overwhelmed on listening to somebody who has hundreds of property. Just go out there and figure out multiple ways to create earned income and then go buy some good rental property to park it, right? And keep making your money because your first few rental property, you're not going to make that much cash. That's for long-term holding. So you got to figure out multiple ways to get earned income, wholesale property. At the same time, you're learning, you know what I mean, about real estate, wholesale property. Later on, at flipping to it, those are ways to make money. So I did selling real estate, wholesale, flip houses, building new construction. Those are all my different ways so I can make money so I can buy another property, another property, another property, another property. And remember, I've been doing it since for 30 years. I've been averaging over a million dollars a year in income for 30 years. And I live very frugal to buy property because I want to set myself up so that I own a lot of property by the time I'm 50. And then of course I'm 50 here recently, but folks, if you just keep the problem is nobody want to figure out how to earn income. They want to go out and invest, want to buy, fix and flip. Well, you got no money. What the fuck? You can't buy shit. You got no money, <laughs> right? So if you don't have no money, go wholesale, make some money. When you find a good deal, you get some experience, flip houses and continue wholesale. That's how you make money. And then when you find a really good deal, keep it as a rental property. Make sure you know how many doors you need so you can retire so that you're working towards something. Otherwise, you're just running in circuit, folks. Hmm. I like it. And there's a lot of school of thoughts on this here, you know, in terms of how to get started. When do you borrow money? When do you use OPM? I personally like OPM. I've used a lot of OPM. I've raised, you know, 24 plus million dollars in capital to put deals together, but it requires something that most people don't have. I'm about to give you the biggest secret in relation to borrowing private money. And before I do that, if you guys are here, I've totally forgot. Share the stream. This is an amazing conversation. Please support. Please, uh, I'm sure you got friends and family that need to hear this conversation. We're about to drop some more bombs right now. Press that share button. I'd appreciate it. There's one critical element, I believe, before you borrow, raise capital, and do deals and syndicate and the rest of that. And there's one thing. Do you have a core discipline around money? Have you developed the muscles and the skills in managing your own money have you developed that discipline in your financial world so that you can become a responsible steward of other people's capital? If the answer is no, and if the answer is you're broke, you cannot invest other people's money with the mindset that you currently possess. You said about frugality. For the first seven years of my marriage, man, we lived 
completely frugal, old cars, old duplex, old everything. My wife and I saved everything we had. We put it together. We got educated. We started buying real estate. Where is your mindset on that in relation to the frugality side? How important is it if you want to be successful at the end of the day? You got to. If you go, listen, it's not about how much money you make. It's how much money you actually save. And then to another level, it's not how much money you save, but how well you invest your money so you can have passive income for tomorrow. There are so many people out there I know that flip house, you guys, that makes good money. And they've been in the game for five plus years, and they still ain't got no goddamn rental property, no passive income. I don't even want to hear it when people talk about, I flipped 100 homes a year, and I go, oh, man, that's awesome, bro. How many rental property you own? None. And I say to them, you're a stupid-ass motherfucker. <laughs> it's flipping houses, to me, is just running faster than a treadmill. You can't retire. Warren Buffett got this beautiful quote that said, if you don't find a way to make money when you're asleep, you're going to work until you're old and dead. Mm. So flipping houses, 100 homes a year, is not a bragging thing. It's not a bragging thing at all. I know so many guys out there that are selling courses and shit, you know what I mean, flipping houses, but they don't own no goddamn rental houses. You're a stupid motherfucker. You're working too damn hard. That ain't working <laughs> smart. That's called grinding in life, bro, not aligning in life. Mm, dude, you're passionate about this. I can tell. Come on, baby. It's Come all on. about the passive income, baby. That's working smart. I love it. I, I, well, here's the part I really respect is the build, right? If, if you're not building something, and now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some caveat. Ready? Here it is. I don't own any rental properties. You might call me a stupid mofo. Here's the truth, though. In relation to that topic, I believe passive income comes in many forms. So yeah, I own a mortgage sure. portfolio. So yeah. I took a lot of my rentals, sold them, started offering VTBs back to families, got them in a home ownership, gave them the opportunity to own the property, and then we produce compounding interest on the money. So same thing. That's definitely the same thing, baby. Okay, there same you go. So now just give us some examples, right, my friend? Because we gotta, we gotta, we gotta punch this in. So. Here's the thing. You want to be on the right side of a compounding effort, whether it's compound interest, whether it's rental properties, which provides you with appreciation, with residual income and so forth. I agree with you, man. If you don't make money when you sleep, you're going to struggle long-term because you're always living paycheck to paycheck. Even when your paycheck is bigger or smaller, you have to be on the right side of it. So let's go down those two variables because I'm just, I want to talk about this. So money invested there's a rule of 72, right? Money invested at 10% will double every seven years. So right. if you're a mortgage lender and you invest your capital at 10 points, well, every seven years that doubles. So you put 100 grand to work, it's 200 grand, then 400, then 800, then 1.6 million and so forth and so forth. As long as you keep those dollars vested, you have to be in the game, which is what I like what Thatch is saying because the market goes up down all the time. And if you, you know, people say buy low, sell high. I believe it's relative to buying in low and high market cycles. I don't believe when the, when it's pandemic season, you know, to go and be, you know, foolish and buy all this stuff at top dollar with no discount. You're paying full price just to get in the door. People say, I got 50 doors. 50 doors don't equal profit. 50 doors equal 50 doors. So okay. I think there's a smart way to buy real estate. And I'm sure that you mentioned wholesaling. You're probably not paying top dollar for this stuff. But dude, in your opinion, I know you're big on rentals. Are there other passive vehicles that you can advise people to jump into? Yeah, I mean, stock market, you know, I mean, some, you know, retirement plan, you know, I mean, uh, 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 stock, people play stock. Uh, I play very little stock, you know, uh, so, I mean, it just, you know, you got to figure out, the key for me is figuring out a passive income way where it's, it takes very little of your time mm -hmm. and you can do it from anywhere in the world. 
Mm. So I have a property manager to manage all my property. Okay. Right. They report to me once a month and let me know what's going on. Right. And if there's anything they need, they just email us and we take care of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's very hands free. Right. And so, you know, when the people out there that does pyramid, you know, they got to go out and recruit, recruit, recruit for these pyramid thing. And you start recruiting your, your, your cash flow goes away. So that's not truly a real passive income kind of a business. Right. Mm -hmm. So why I love real estate because of leverage. If you buy a house that's 300,000, but you didn't put $300,000 cash, you put 20%, which is, you know, 60,000. But every 10 years, your 300,000 double. It doubled on the value, not on how much money you put in, guys and gals, right? So if you bought a house of 300,000, you had to put 20, 60, but every 10 years, that 300,000 go to 600,000. And then 600,000 go to 1.2 million, but you only originally had only 60 grand in the property. Yeah. That's leverage to the highest level, baby. Yeah, I love that, man, because you're right. This is why there's more millionaires in real estate than anything else, because it doesn't take a lot of talent. I don't think it takes a lot of talent into real estate. I think it just takes oh. getting involved. Yep. Press that trigger. Instead of worrying about what about tomorrow, what about next year? What if you started five years ago and just bought real estate? Right. What if you started last year? What if you look, started- Look at the immigrants. The immigrants, I hate to say it, we're the smartest cat, you know, who fell off fucking uh, off the boat in the United States. Yep. What we do know how to do, we know how to go out there and work hard and we park our money in real estate and let it ride for long term. And most of the immigrants, I tell you right now, especially the Asian I know, they own a lot of property, man, a lot of property. And they bought it, you know what I mean? 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago from selling Vietnamese sandwiches. Come on. Come on, man. So, but now you're talking about something cool, which is generational wealth, right? Because yeah. when you start accumulating and you're building, the law of compounding effect takes place. And what happens is you spend a dollar today, you know, five years from now, it's worth 10 and then 20 and then 40 and then 80. And then two generations from now, that dollar that somebody invested is worth two, three, four hundred dollars. Right? right. And that's the thing that you can't catch. So a lot of people want to want to insert the work, but the work will never outperform the compounding benefit because that's why I said if you're only out there selling real estate and not parking your money in wealth, you're not letting the compound take effect. If you're out there flipping houses, you know, the other day I saw Instagram, somebody was bragging, yeah, I flipped 300 homes in the last three, four years, but you don't own no rental. You didn't even let the compound take its place. Mm. That's just working way too hard and not even using compound to your advantage. Mm. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's a powerful concept, bro, because when you do that, you really start to accelerate. Yeah. So then, then talk about what does that do, right? So you start doing this. You start creating wealth for yourself. It's, it's like you're almost working less and less because your money is working more and more. Right. And I think that's the big difference. Are you working for money? Is your money working for you? Right. You know, my parents taught me that money are like soldiers. You got to send your little money, your soldiers into battle, and they need to go and fight and they need to conquer other soldiers and bring prisoners back. That's what money's supposed to do. A lot of our money, they're sitting in our own camp. They're getting fat. They're getting lazy. They're never fighting. They're never out there aggressively pursuing growth and expansion. They're just sitting, hiding under the mattress in a way. So what happens, my brother? Because now you've built this. You got 150 properties, 100K a month. What do you get to do now? You get to do what? The passion stuff you're enjoying. So what yeah, does that look like? I love to travel, right? I'm still working today, right? I'm still working, right? And because here's why I'm still working, guys and gal. Because all my property hasn't been paid off yet. See, in uh, uh, when I was in my 40s, 
right? Coming out of the 2008 market, I had a lot of profit that was over leveraged. And I got smacked in 2008. And I told myself, right, by the next 10 year, by the time I hit 50, I'm gonna have a lot of those profits paid off. Well, today, during the pandemic, I realized, still, I still have some property that wasn't paid off. And this pandemic took me to another level, bro. And, and the reason why it took me to another level because some of the tenant that live in some of our property that isn't paid off, they can't afford to make the monthly payment. So if it was free and clear, I wouldn't worry about it. But some of them still, I own money to the bank. So since they couldn't pay, I, had, I still got to pay the bank and let them ride through it. Mm. So I said to myself, wow, you know what? This is an eye opener to tell me that the next 10 years, I'm going to shuffle some of my single family that's not in the greatest location, that's not giving me the best return in my cash flow, and I got a lot of equity. I'm going to 1031 though into commercial property, and then I'm not going to expand no more. And I'm going to spend the next 10 years paying them all off. So the next pandemic come, it's not going to affect, uh, affect me a bit. So mm -hmm. for me right now, I'm still working to pay off a lot of my property and use a lot of the passive cash flow to pay off a lot of my property. So the next 10 years, you got, I really don't have to deal with it. But today, I got a lot of cash flow. So today, I work because I want to work. But most of the time, you guys, right now, I spend time uh, traveling before the pandemic. Sure. And I got two boys that play full-time uh, baseball and soccer. And I'm part of the coach, right? So I always got to be at the field. We play baseball six days a week, right? I'm at the game. I'm out there practice, right? And we do that pretty much all season long. Mm -hmm. And so if you ain't got passive income, you don't never understand what it means to be at your kid's game when your kid says, mom, dad, I love you guys being at my practice and game every single game. That's yeah. called priceless, folks. Yeah, You can't Powerful. buy that. Powerful. Dude, do you coach with the same passion about real estate? Do you call the little kids little mofos? All like day. Get your ass going. Let's go. <laughs> no, that hey, the kids on the baseball team, bro, they love it. But you know why? They get pumped up. I teach them motivation. I teach them focus. I teach them how to do the paper cut exercise. I teach them how to do all kind of mental exercise. I get them pumped up. They all follow me on Instagram. The kids love it, baby. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, you know why? I'm just walking my talk, and that's why it's contagious. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, like you said, you're walking the talk. You're doing it. You're making it happen. And, again, different pros and cons, folks, just to throw it out there, right? So, in terms of rentals, again, I have zero rentals. So, the pandemic. You got, cash, you got cash flow from, your, from your thing you do. Correct. So, like, everything we have is, again, paid off. It's non-leveraged. It's a receivable. It's an IOU to me. We're the bank in this case. So, you know, if people – struggle to make their mortgage payments. It's on our decision. You also got to know your market where you're at in Canada. It's a lot easier to be a lender than a landlord, especially mm -hmm. in Ontario where we live because the laws are very tenant friendly. Guess what though? The laws in relationship to ownership in Canada are much more specific and much easier to take a property back as an, as a, a lender than it is as a landlord in the States. It's a little bit backwards depending on the state that you're in. But so you got to know where the benefit is. I like to go with the, with the tide, not against the tide. If it's a line, baby, it's called a line. That's right. You got to align, man. You got to position yourself so that you're working in momentum. And when you get a little bit of momentum and you get a little bit of traction and traction breeds more traction. And before, before you realize that you got all this result as a matter of traction. Uh, just so many of us, as we kind of move forward in this conversation, we get so stuck in the reaction of life. We're always, always, always reacting to what's going on. So 
What advice would you give to people, my friend, who are maybe right now with everything going on, they're lost, they're confused, they don't know where to start. You know, as things reopen up, they're looking for opportunities. Where should people start, man? Well, I think, I think everybody should sit down right now and they need to sit down and they need to rewrite their goal, where they want to be at by the end of this year. And then where do they want to be at in the next five years, right? Get super clear on where you want to be at the end of this year, right? Now, if you happen to be in real estate, right? And you're wholesaling, for example, right? Write down, you know, how much money you want to make before the end of the year, right? And then what are some of the actions you're going to do? Like a lot of my students, right? Right now, I basically tell them, if you want to do this, I mean, you got to know your script. So they have script they got to memorize. And after that, they got to make so many hours of prospect in a day, to call people to see they want to sell their property. And if they find them, they wholesale them off, right? And so you just got to figure right now, I think most people, they just so much caught up in the worry and the fear, and they need to step back out for a minute and just sit right, right down, right? To fast forward, December 31st, 2020, where do you want to be at by the end of the year, right? And also, you know, just, just a little inspiration. Where do you want to be at in the next five years? Because if you look out a little farther, folks, you're not gonna keep your eye on what's happening right now. For me, I'm not even worried about right now, bro. I just see what's happening, but I'm looking at 10 years from now. What do I gotta do 10 years from now? What's my action plan? How does it feel when I get to 60 years old and everything's free and clear? Come on, baby. I'm fired up when I think about that. Dude, I love it, man. I love it. Like, this is such an inspirational conversation, folks. You need to go, probably go back and watch this a couple times and just get your butt in gear you know, figure out where you're lacking in life and start taking action in there because, listen, there's no magic pill. It's not about talent. It's just about effort, 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 effort. It's always about working hard, not about just being talented or being gifted in any area because I believe that the hard work will always surpass the talent at some point in life. That's, that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you building. Yeah, brother, this, this is awesome. What, what's the best place for people to connect with you, my man? Because I know you're doing a lot of stuff in social media right now. Yep, you guys can follow me on Instagram. My name on Instagram is Thatchwin, T-H-A-C-H. My last name is N-G-U-Y-E-N. And you can follow me on TikTok. I do a lot of cool video on TikTok. Uh, and then you can follow me on uh, Instagram. I teach a lot of stuff on Instagram. So uh, go check that out. And in my bio on my Instagram, you'll see a lot of my different things that I offer. Coaching, merchandise, all that kind of stuff on there too. Hey, it's Ben Humble. Thanks for checking out the show. If you like what my guest is talking about and you're getting massive value from it, then scroll to the bottom, open up the description, and follow them on social media. Support them, connect with them. Just scroll down there, click the link, and let's roll. Stay humble. Make sure to subscribe to Ben on YouTube so you can stay up to date on everything humble. Featuring daily episodes of the Humble Podcast and weekly video content providing motivation, real estate strategies, and personal development for everyday life. Also, follow Ben on Facebook and Instagram for daily interactions. Check out Humble.ceo and download a chapter of Ben's new book, From Communism to Capitalism, absolutely free.